Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, traders and investors. Today is the day for the intro to swing trading event. I'm super excited to get into that. That's going to be at 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern don't miss out on your chance to see the guys on the intro to swing trading today's show welcome to it we'll talk about did ryan cohen sell we got our special guest mark chaikin founder of chaikin analytics we'll talk of course about cisco uh cisco systems earnings we'll get into Coles. bj knocking it out the park canadian solar is apple a sell we saw a lot of talk on Fast Money about that. We'll take a look at 8.30 when the initial jobless claims estimates hit and also Philadelphia Fed Manufacturing Index. And we'll take a peek at Estelle Lauder and maybe get into Bed Bath & Body Works. We'll take a look. A lot of earnings out there. Memes moving. Futures up a little bit. We'll see if we can stay up today. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Let's dive on into today's show. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your hosts, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Let's bring on Joel Khan and Dennis Dick. How are we guys doing today? Dennis, you got to comb your hair today. What? I'm gonna. I might shave actually for the presentation. I don't know if he owns. I'm gonna break out a razor. <laughs> Combing uh, my hair. I don't have much hair to comb. I haven't even. I don't even think I own a comb or a brush. Let's run down the futures real the quick. We thing. got a lot to cover. Uh, we're in the green. 11 handles at 87.75, just climbing the wall of worry. Uh, crude working off that double bottom in the 85 handle. We're up 74 cents at 88.85. Gold in the green by 7.90 at 17.84.60. Silver trying to get back above 20, up 12 cents in 19.86. Bitcoin futures hanging out in a 23,000 handle, up 315 at 23,545. Ethereum is going to the same way, up 25 bucks at 8. 1863.50. Triple D, I mean, we can't go down. The market won't go down yet. What are we uh, going to do? I would say I, I, I completely disagree with that. You might see the S&P holding up well, but we had a rough day yesterday on a lot of stocks. And you could say maybe that was led by Bad Bath & Beyond and some of the meme stocks that you know came obviously off their high significantly. But there's a lot of little stuff that's not looking great. Look at Square. SQ, 80 bucks. Look at ARK yesterday, ARKK. That's the one that I'd point look to. At a, look at a big difference between the S&P, which was held up by oil and value stocks. Look at ARKK, what it was doing yesterday. Big reason why I was long in SARC yesterday. <laughs> SARC, SARC long, ARK short. SARC. Um, I mean, that's a breakdown, closing near the lows, bouncing a little bit here this morning, everything is, but Honestly, I don't think that was a great I don't think that was a great day for a lot of growthy names. And those are the names that have been leading us for a while. So again, you know, we're gonna talk about this, you know, in my webinar today, following the leader. I mean, ARC has been the leader for a long time. And ARC breaking down yesterday, not a good thing for the overall market. So there's cracks. Mm -hmm. And I still think there's going to be a China rug pull here eventually. I mean, you know, I think we're just getting started. I think it's going to be a slow series of rug pulls here, not just a one shocker. But I still think uh, 
it's prudent maybe to take some cash and raise some cash here into I think the rallies. It's important also to recognize what are the majority of the stocks in the ARKK, right? Well, you have a lot of software names, right? And then you also have a lot of biotechs. And that's also an area that I've been seeing turn back towards the downside. So two areas that are turning down and away. Um, so whether it be into software or into biotechs, if I continue to see those weak, I'll expect to see ARKK down. I just think there's, you know, there's just so much unknown here. And I still think we're not out of the woods. Again, as much as I was, you know, bullish because, you know, I like the turns and, you know, a month and a half ago I was buying stocks. I mean, we've just come too far too fast. And to to and you know, we can go on this and then we'll go into the earnings in a second. But you know, to Carter Worst point on fast money last night, I completely agree with that. He's talking about Apple and he said, sell it all now. And all four panelists agree. Now, there's always a concern when everybody's starting to get bearish and, you know, the run continues. But, I mean, this has been an incredible run for Apple. It's approaching its all-time high. I'm long Apple still. Obviously, I put a hedge on. I'm not sure what I'm doing with the hedge. I still have a hedge on, so I'm net neutral at right now because I've hedged it. Um, and I might sell it. Um, I've had it for a long time in portfolio, but I was just uncomfortable when it started to come back so quickly. I was early. I put that hedge on two and a half weeks ago. And the stock is still obviously climbing. So I just think it's prudent. We've been in such, you know, we, we, I feel like it's a little bit of a gift, you know, this, this recent rally, especially if you were overweight. I mean, if you're underweight, it's one thing. Um, but if and then underweight is what's driving it. But if you're overweight and you were like fully on invested and you get this comeback like this in a lot of stocks, it's prudent to raise some cash, in my opinion. I'm just going to keep saying that. I'm not short this market. I'm not short. I have not been short this market whatsoever, but you know the time will come to be short this market again. But the time has left to be fully invested here again because you know what are we doing? We're buying dips and selling rips. We had a huge, ridiculous dip May June. Stocks way oversold. To your point, they're overbought now, and I just see so much uncertainty here. Potential uncertainty still coming from China. From, you know, obviously inflationary pressures, which, you know, even though, you know, we got to 8.5%, it's still 8.5%. I just don't see this environment where we're going back to all-time highs. But I could be wrong. And that's There's why in I between, Dad. I, I mean, I'm not in the, uh, uh, the all-time high camp either. And, I mean, this has been, a, you know, a big run in Apple. I mean, they... They all four can come out and agree and, and and say what they want and say, yeah, you know, just sell here immediately. But I mean, I just just like the market, I try and look at it objectively here. And I don't I don't have a sell point. I don't have a I don't have a double top. I don't have a consolidation. I don't You don't have a shorting point, Joel. All right. Good point. Good point. But but if you're fully invested, I'm talking to the people who are like a hundred percent or invested on margin. And you were just puking your guts out in June. You couldn't take it, you know, but maybe you held on. Now is the time to lighten up. So I am not, again, I'm going to reiterate, I am not short this market. There hasn't been a short signal to Joel's point. It hasn't been as a signal to say, okay, now is the time to short stocks. But what do you want from the long side? I mean, these moves are nothing short of incredible. Bring up Carvana, CVNA, $20 to where to get to. $58 in four weeks. In four weeks, that stock almost tripled in price. I mean, you can't got to stop thinking about, oh, it's 300 It's going back 300 because it's not. This is big moves. This was big moves. It's like, you know, the square or the upstart trade that I had. I made 16% that one day. I mean, you've got to take some of those, you know, sometimes even as an investor, you still have to be a trader too. And when you get gifts of 30 40, 50% in two, three weeks, you got to take those gifts. That's just my opinion. I just don't think we're in this 2020 where they're going to go up 100, 200, 500%. You're like, why did I sell for a 50% gain when I could have got a 500% gain? Mitch, you're quiet in the background. What are your thoughts? I agree. I mean, I'll point out a stock that's made a run like that too, that I feel like eventually it comes back down also. DraftKings, right? 50 something percent. And I don't think this is moving because anything really changed in the business. This might have got a little bit of a catalyst run with the NFL, but this has been running with the market and it could easily just pull right back down. So I think that if you're in stocks like this, you got to figure out where is your maybe 
all sell out completely, but I definitely think they these are profit taking areas. I think so. I mean, we don't know anything and nothing is for certain. And we can always say as stock traders, we live in probabilities. We don't live in the absolutes. Nobody knows anything for certain. But we just, you know, we trade probabilities. I mean, again, if you're a long-term investor and you're always fully invested, I mean, you're not a market timer. By all means, you know, that's worked for the, the 100 years, the Warren Buffett approach, just being in stocks. So it all depends on your time frame. But if you're a trader, I think the rally is a little long in the tooth. I mean, people keep saying, are the bottom in? I think the correct question is, is the top in? Not that the bottom is in. The bottom is obviously in. We're so far off the bottom. Yeah, we I are mean, way dude, off stop the asking bottom. that question. It's the wrong question to ask. <laughs> the question is, did we top out two days ago? Or are we going to top out today on a potential or tomorrow on a potential option expiration? Yes. Because those are turning possibility. points. Possibility. And those are turning points too. Also, also a quad witch. We could just we could just, you know, mosey our way up into the quad witch too, Dennis. And that that's a full month away. I just want to um alert our uh, our Carvana traders here that you know you had your last bump up here. You've had a little bit of consolidation. I can't give you an exact level in the 48 handle because it's it, it's pretty scattered. Yeah. So I'll just go like 48.50. That's still two points away. I mean, you know, it holds that area, consolidates a couple more days, then boom, another push higher. I mean, I, I know you look at it. It is so funny because I'm like the ultra, you know, very, you know, bearish. And I think, you know, wow, you know, this stock has come down, right? You're the you're the bullish guy, and you're thinking, man, this stock has already had a a big run off the low. You got to sell it. And then I look at the monthly chart, and I'm like, man, this thing hasn't even retraced any of the move. I don't even know what the value is of it, or you know, if it's going out of business someday. But I look at it, wow, this thing was three seventy, and I know it's not going there. But to me, the rally could just be getting going in something like this. Not that I'm investing in it, but you know. It's holding support. It came up awful low. I, I'm not even going to draw a 50 percent retracement in here. I mean, because that would even that would I, even I be think you can't, I think you got to take that whole bubble away. The big mountain that you look at in the bottom right corner. You know, okay. from July of 2020 to July of 2022. <laughs> I think you just have to eliminate that and say that was all nonsense and should have never existed. So then you start thinking, well, 100 bucks. You know that if I eliminate all that, then 100 bucks is really. Where the all that where the all time high probably should have been if we wouldn't have went full you know FOMO ridiculous mode. So, but yeah, the again, this is a company that is struggling now. This is a company we got to stop and just think where are we going? Are we just pulling out of this recession? We're going to back to business as usual because if we go back, I want to point something out. If we're just going back, this was the recession, and we're going back to business as usual. How are they getting inflation in check? How are we bringing inflation in check? We have to bring inflation by killing demand. If we're just going right back to the way it was, well, that didn't bring inflation in check at all. And that means the Fed's not going to back off. And that means you're going to have higher interest rates. And that means we're right back into the, the pickle we were in six weeks ago. So, I mean, you can't allow this economy to just all of a sudden take off and we're going to have this huge raging bull market again because then inflation's going to go out of control again, which it already still is out of control, but it's going to go more out of control. So I just think... I just think there's you're fighting the Fed. It's so much different. People go back to 2018 or 2019 or 2016 or 2015. Say, well, we've had bear markets before and they only last this long. The difference is the Fed was on our side. We have not had the Fed against this market in the better part of 20 years. That's not a joke. In the better part of 20 years, the Fed has been working with this market, lowering interest rates, lowering interest rates from the 80s, you know, when we were 18, 20% down to like, you know, nothingness on interest rates. Well, now they're starting to come back up a little bit, starting to correct a little bit. We're fighting the Fed this time. And the market, having this awesome move, you know, back to the 50% retracement, these are all just technical sell spots. You say you don't have a technical sell spot, Joel. I mean, what? there's a 50% retracement right there on the S&P. Yeah, we're slightly through it. But, you know, if you think like we're V-bottoming and the Fed's just going to back off and, yep, we're all good, 8.5%, we'll live with that. 
8.5%, which is really 15 What if we just 16. muddle along? What if, what if like inflation just starts to come down a little bit and, and uh, we stay out of a recession? I've never, I've never, you know, gone into the full blown recession depression cap and I've never gone into full blasting back to new all time high no, camp. Not Why? one person on this show besides you has mentioned a depression. Not one person. Okay, I'm so sorry. You're putting okay. those words in our okay. mouth. Uh, all right, said uh, it multiple okay. times. Just because we're bearish doesn't mean we're going into a depression. There's a, depression, a big recession, difference there. A little okay. different. All right, there. I won't a, say a big, I won't, big difference. We're not. I won't say depression. Twenty nine. I won't say like, depression. Anymore. You know, unless we're going nuclear war. You know, like I don't see a depression here either. I mean, that's not off the table. We know that's not off the table, but. We're not even going to talk about those that can of worms. I'm just talking about the can of worms we're dealing with. Like Laura's saying, inflation's not out of control. Well, it definitely is out. It's not out of control compared to like you know some smaller countries where you know they can't even keep their currency in check. But we're we're, we're when we're cooking, you know, over eight and a half on the CPI data and cooking fifteen to sixteen in real like food, you know, food costs going up 16 percent. That's inflation out of control. Two percent is the Fed's target. So we got to look at it from the Fed's eyes. They want inflation nope. 2%. We're at 8%. We're out of control. That's out of control compared to the Fed. And it's all about the Fed, people. It's not about anything else. It's still about the Fed because the Fed is what caused this huge bubble in the first place. The Fed is what, you know, the printing press is what's caused stocks to go, you know, and trade the way they are. So I just look at it as an investor now and say, why do I want to be fully invested in a market that, you know, has a lot of, you know, potential concerns. I mean, maybe if you've got a 25-year time horizon, but stocks aren't cheap. And I've learned the hard way that when you're paying 30, 40, 50 times earnings for stocks or 100 times earnings are ridiculous to 2021 levels where they're paying, you know, 30 times sales and stuff. I learned the hard way by buying like Cisco back in like 1999 and 2000, and, you know, and buying these stocks and watching these stocks. And people think, oh, they always come back. Intel has never, ever hit its all-time high again. 2020, the all-time high for Intel, we're 22 years later, it never got back there. Cisco, Cisco, which we'll talk about in a second, CSCO. We got to bring Mark in. Has never come back. Let's bring Mark into this conversation on the fly, Mitch, because this is a good conversation. Let's, let's get Mark's thoughts here as well. All right, let's go ahead. Let's bring on, you guys know him, Mark Chaikin, founder of Chaikin Analytics. Welcome back on, Mark. Hello. Good morning. It's a, it's a hot. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Conversation. Welcome to the new bull market. Are are we (laughs) flawed bull here? (laughs) There you go, Mark. Coming in. Mark says no. Bring us the voice of reason here. Well, Put us actually, in the middle. In the middle. Go yeah, in the, the middle. middle. I'm pretty much in the middle. I like the conversation you were just having. The technicals are impressive. 50% Very. retracement. Very. You haven't gotten above the 200 days. So that's that's your resistance level, Joel. Uh, and But the breath numbers are fabulous. The, McCl- the summation index went above 800. That was my minimum to say that the rally is real. I think the big unknown, and in the stock market, it's always what you don't know that bites you. So we know there's a mild recession, even though 
the economic team at the White House refuses to admit it. We know that the Fed is going to raise rates. They just told us yesterday in the, in the minutes. And we know that inflation is not going away because of food and embedded housing inflation, which just it has a lag effect of uh, nine to, well, yeah, nine to 18 months. So one of the banks came out yesterday and said, well, how's it, the uh, imputed housing inflation will peak sometime in the second quarter of 2023. Well, that's a long way off. And there's a lot of interest rate hikes between now and then. So I, I think the big unknown is earnings. Does the consumer stop spending? You know, their uh, credit card balances are at, at sky high levels right now. So maybe the consumer was liquid, but then why are they running up credit card balances? And one of the reasons is that this is disproportionately affecting the lower end of the economic chain. Because it's food, gas, and housing prices that are putting the bite on the average construction worker who drives 100 miles to get to, you know, a job site and so forth. The jobs are there. And then you have wage inflation, which isn't going away. So if you add those four pieces up, and I, I, I think you got built-in inflation for a good 12 months, and the Fed said, we're going to raise rates until we make a dent. It hasn't made a dent. So yeah. if we are in... A mild recession right now. And I think putting a label on it is, you know, like putting lipstick on a pig, not really all that meaningful. Uh, how much worse will it get? You know, where are earnings going to be in 2023? Are you going to be a 200 on the S&P and put a 14.6 or 15 multiple on it? So I think the most interesting chart I've seen in the last month, and I keep seeing it over and over again, is what is the P.E. ratio that's associated with 8.5% inflation? Because P.E.s right now are associated with 2.5% inflation. And so that's where the risk is in the market, that earnings are flat to down slightly in 2023, and you put a 15 multiple on them, and then you get 3,200 as a target, 3,300. And that's been the Goldman Sachs target for a long time based on the bottom-up analysis. I mean, that's what we're accustomed to is that PEs can, should be 20 or they should be 22 because we've been in a 0% rate environment or a right. 1% or a 2%. I mean, just go back to the discount rate, plug it all into your CFA formula there, and you come up with a hell of a lot different number if you're cooking at 5 6 7% yep. interest rates, a hell of a lot different number. Those PEs come down significantly here. And it's just the Tina trade too here, Mark. I've just been talking about it. I mean, if rates stay up, and I don't, I think the Fed's going to try to bring them down once they get inflation in check. But if inflation doesn't get in check and they have to keep rates elevated, that's going to have a severe effect not only on the economy, but you know, just on the opportunity for investors to invest not in the stock market. I mean, in Canada, we have what's called a guaranteed investment certificate from the government of Canada, never defaulted you know, ever. And those GICs are four and a half percent here yep. right now. That's pretty compelling when you have, uh, you know, earnings risk in equities. Yeah. I, was so like... I, I don't think it's the end of the world, though. I'm still subscribing to, and we may have already seen it, a, a significant low in 2022, uh, maybe six months ahead of the recession bottoming, leading to a rally of between 30 and 50 percent in large cap stocks, which could give you 50 to 100 percent in small caps, you know, in selected small cap names. So uh, I, it's a question of how you deploy your money. And I think you've started talking about that. You sh- you, this is a tough market to be fully invested in. I think so, too. And that's why I've just started to raise some cash here again, because I think we've come a long ways. I mean, a stock like Apple, Mark, and they were talking about this <laughs> on Fast Money. Yeah. I don't often agree with Fast Money, but I was like, man, this just makes a lot of sense. I've owned Apple in my long-term portfolio the better part of a decade. Right. And you know what? I'm, I've hedged I've hedged it here, and I never hedge it, but I've hedged it yeah. here for the simple reason. Smart that move. 26 no, times earnings. Great I company mean, and 26 times earnings in an 8.5% inflation environment with rates, you know, probably moving toward 4 to 5%. Lots of things to think about. Yeah, but there, there are opportunities. The uh, question is when you deploy your money. But, um, 
you know, we talked about a couple of names uh, two weeks ago. One of them was Doximity, had a, had a big run-up, and then it's been choppy ever since. But mentioned the gas stocks, and um, EQT rallied up to uh, a double top around yeah. the 50 level uh, two days ago. And, you know, I think gas prices are, uh, natural gas prices are going in their own sort of bull spin because of what's going on in Europe. And also they got that refinery back online uh, faster than they thought they would in Texas so or Louisiana. So I, I think there are pockets where you can go. What I would strongly urge is that people prune the no earnings tech stocks from their portfolio. Anything that any company that's not going to earn money, free positive cash flow in the next two years, I think is a sale here because most of them are up 50 to 100 percent. Big moves. You know, we yeah, were talking from the Carvana. lows. Yeah. yeah. Carvana. I mean, Carvana is a, a natural sale to me because uh, the uh, Tiger Global got out of their whole position. In the. Uh, second quarter and they they owned 11 or 12 percent of the company now that you know their timing has been terrible in the last phase of the tech rally but the stock's up 50 percent since they sold it and i i would argue that you want to be on the sidelines in that stock as, and so many others and we have bullish ratings on a number of these zoom our rating has gone bullish you know turn bearish at mm, 400 um because when you got down here, the fundamentals got more reasonable. Yeah. So if, if you have earnings, then you can make a case that some of these stocks are viable. FFIV is a stock that we got stopped out of in, a, in our growth portfolio. Um, we now have a bullish rating on it again. So a really super fine tech stock. And... Nice base. So you, what you do see is nice bases. And the encouraging thing for me is that when we pull back, whether it's 3%, 5% or test the lows at 3,600, you've got nice bases to support and give buyers the comfort to come in. I mean, we do know that smart money has been buying. There's a lot of, uh, I wish someone would do the definitive on the um, positions of traders in the futures markets. Because some people say, that the hedgers are at record short levels. Then there are other studies that show that um, they're net long 40,000 contracts, which is a record number, which is a different segment of it. So the speculators, I think. So uh, smart money has been buying this move. Uh, they were underinvested. They're on the sidelines. They're uh, not as much short covering as you would have thought would happen from the hedgies but smart money has been buying so the question is when do they close? when do they sell when do they sell <laughs> when do they close you know what yeah uh, some of them are longer the time frame work people because you know a lot of long uh time frame work money was on the sidelines the uh, one index i like if you don't follow it the name index national association of active investment managers has a percent invested number i think it's weekly and that gives you a pretty good read on what, quote unquote, smart money is doing. That was under 10 percent. They can get short, net short, because uh, they are active managers. But that was under 10 percent. Now that's rising above 50 percent. So money is coming in. The question is, what trickles money out? Is it a earnings string of earnings like Target and Kohl's that make people suspicious of the sustainability of the rally and the durability of the uh, economy. It's going to be something like that. All right. I want to go into a different area here. I want to ask you about two different sectors here. One that I've been seeing strong utilities and then financial services getting a little bit off the ground lately. Any of these sectors you like or the power gauge is pointing towards the upside in some of these names? The power gauge has been bullish on utilities for the last three months. Uh, got in the uh, large cap utilities, we've got 18 stocks with bullish power gauge ratings out of 28 and no bearish names. I just haven't focused on them because uh, they're defensive stocks with good yields. And 
that's just not my bag. You know, I'd rather sit in cash than uh, focus on the defensive stocks. Although you can make the case that with the yields creeping up to respectable levels above 3% in many of these stocks, that it's, it's certainly a place to park money. But historically, that hasn't been a particularly good growth investment. Uh, financial services is a different, different area and different uh, segments are benefiting from the rising interest rates. So there it's a mixed bag. We've got 14 stocks with bullish power gauge ratings out of uh, roughly 63 in the um, XLF and a 12 with a bearish. So 14 bullish, 12 bearish. And it's a mixed bag. You've got JP Morgan and Bank of America with bad numbers, bad ratings, which suggests a recession is going to get worse. On the other hand, you have the insurance companies who tend to do better in this rising interest rate environment. And they're reflected in bullish ratings for things like Affleck, MetLife, uh, Progressive, Travelers, WR Berkey. So they all have bullish ratings. Uh, where you're not seeing the bullish ratings are in the regional banks where you, you know, you're more reflective of the economy. And in the, in the major banks and investment banks like um, Morgan Stanley and uh, Goldman Sachs, you just uh, you have nice rallies in these stocks. Goldman's still down from 420 to 350, which is a, a nice rebound from the, uh, the 280 level. But uh, the rating is not bullish. So I think it's caveat emptor on the, uh, on the financials, unless you're going into the insurance stocks where you get a good yield and, and good fundamentals based on the interest rate spread improving for them. Mark, uh, help me out here with, uh, you know, the, uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of getting old in the tooth with our reopening stocks. Uh, you know, some of these hotels, I mean, pretty much, I mean, they pulled back from the old time highs by looking at Marriott. I look at Hilton. Some of these stocks have really had some nice runs, uh, but just like the airlines and the cruise lines, I mean, they just seem. I mean, what are what are the power gauge rating on those? And is there any kind of a, a catch up trade? You do have uh, crude oil prices coming down. I'm still dealing dealing with higher wages. Is this perhaps uh, an, an area that uh, may play catch up? I don't think so, uh, Joel. You've got Carnival with a bearish rating for the last year. Uh, you've got the airlines, the major airlines with bearish ratings. They've got problems. Uh, they've got personnel problems, as you alluded to. It's not just rising wages. It's, it's unavailability. They can't get the people to unload the planes. So American is canceling 41,000 flights in November, 62,000 flights. I, I think this is a tough place to make money. And Okay. You know, and, and uh, by the way, I, we know three sets of friends and relatives who've taken cruises and come back with COVID. Uh, so COVID on a cruise ship, uh, you know, a cruise ship is like a Petri dish. And, you know, that's got to hurt demand. But obviously people are going because we know <laughs> we know people have come back with COVID. So anecdotally, a cruise ship is not a, you know, okay. A fun place to be. I think you make your money where we've uh, focused on. Biotech still looks attractive to me. Some of the major pharmaceuticals, and, and these are really defensive plays. Uh, the utilities, if you want yield, and the staples, you know, consumer staples, the food stocks, beverage stocks. It's not exciting. You, you've gotten your excitement in these uh, 50% rallies in Carvana and Zoom and so forth. Um, we do see semiconductors starting to come to life. And that was helped a bit by Apple saying to their suppliers, you know, we're going to go full tilt here in the uh, first quarter of 2023. So that affects Cirrus Logic and Skyworks, two old favorites of mine, which are trading pretty well. Cirrus better than Skyworks, but they're 80% dependent on Apple. So you have to have a positive view on what Apple's going to be doing in the manufacturing space in 2023. But there could be opportunity in stocks like that. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Thank you for joining us. Like always, Mark Chaikin, founder of Chaikin Analytics. Appreciate you coming on like always, Mark. And we'll have you back on.
I appreciate it. I, I don't think I stirred up any dust today, which either means that we're all in agreement and, and likely to be wrong. <laughs> no, or, that's what do you mean, mean, stir up dust, Mark? <laughs> well, we, normally we have some, you know. Conflict. Cut back At least. And forth. Right? Yeah, a little bit of a tug of war. But, yeah, we're kind of on the same side. That kind of yeah. scares me, Mark. <laughs> I know. When you three, <laughs> what do they say? When you have three people in a room and they all agree with each other, then you've got Definitely one person too many. So. Yeah, we're all economists too, right? Well, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't put myself in the economist camp because I <laughs> Took have no it past fail. I yeah. passed, barely. But I, I, thanks, Mark. Yep, be well. Thank you. Have a great one, Mark. Thanks, Mark. All right, guys, we did get some numbers while we were in that yeah. interview. Oops. Just want to give you guys those numbers there. Uh, Philadelphia Fed manufacturing index at 6.2 versus a expected decline of five. Um, and so definitely better than expected there. Initial jobless claims at 250,000 versus 265,000 estimate. All doing not bad there. How, how's the market react to it, Joel? Uh, we, we're just chopping around here. Uh, we, we took a little hit uh, we got up to 42, 92, 75. I mean, if you talk about, you know, areas of, uh, just <laughs> no levels, I'll, I'm going to talk about this on the, uh, on the event of like how I drive my levels. I mean, there's just not much in here. I mean, yeah. you have, you know, it's, it's just chopping around and I'm just looking at this S and P chart here and I'm just wondering, you know, you had this long consolidation here before the June expiration and then we tanked, right? Then we had that temporary pause here, same day, same eight day consolidation here. And we broke out to the upside. And I'm just wondering if we're just going to settle in here. Uh, this is what I'm hoping for, because I'm not going to be here next week. I'm just hoping we get like, you know, you know, five more days of this, you know, this consolidation, do the rollover in the S&Ps and then, you know, see if they just are going to ramp this thing up into the expiration and never look back or we're going to have the June swoon again, uh, similar. So, you know, we're looking for it to go up. We're looking for it to go down. You know, maybe it's just going to, what I'm hoping for from the bullish standpoint is just to hang in here, you know, consolidate and not break down. Of course, macro events or something like that could take us down, but that's kind of way I'm feeling right now, just consolidation and then get ready for the next move. Well, let's get it's into a tough market to call here. Like, obviously, yeah. I feel like we've gone a long ways, but where does the, you know, when, when is the show over? You know, when does the circus leave town? I mean, you know, it started leaving town a little bit in some of the growth stocks yesterday, but we still haven't seen this major breakdown to Joel's point in the S&P. I, I think it's coming. I don't know where, but I thought it's coming for a week and it still hasn't came. So, or two weeks even, I, I'm probably going on yeah. right now. So. You know, I'm bearish yeah, here did, uh, 100 did... handles ago, 100 SP handles ago, and it's still going up. So I'm just, again, I'm up to 48. Somebody asked me, I'm up to 48% cash in long-term portfolio again. You know, we or six weeks ago, I got down to, I think, 29. So I never went full in on this market, but I put a lot of work. And we know in the fall, I was sitting up around 52. So I went from 52 down June, July, I started buying stocks where I put risk on. You know, I bought Square, and we talked about these, more AMD, more Disney, you know, a bunch of other stocks. I bought some IWM, too. And, you know, and then I, I ended up raising myself up, or up to where I was only 29% cash. I back up. I've sold most of that stuff, you know, just because it's had good runs. I mean, some of these moves have been really good. So am I going to miss, the, the you know, the, the next move? I might. It might continue to go higher. But I think there's just too much risk. I'm a risk reward man. I'm a risk manager, manalizing here. I just think there's too much risk now for me to go all in. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into some micro action. And um, we'll definitely keep watching the overall market, see what happens there. Now, the question that I think a lot of the memesters are asking, did Ryan Cohen sell? That is the question on <laughs> out there. And oh, yeah. Everybody wants to take a look at that. Of course, uh, yesterday, what, what ended up happening here? And let me give you guys the information here. So according to a form 144 filed by, of course, the SEC and RC Ventures intends to sell 9.45 million shares of the company, 7.78 million shares are directly owned by RC Ventures. And then, of course, they also have about 1.8 million, which is a 1.67 million shares of an option exercisable that they can go ahead and take those shares. 
Um, just to kind of give a little more background of Bed Bath & Beyond, they roughly reported $108 million in cash equivalents in the first fiscal quarter, down from $1.1 billion a year prior. So net losses swelling up to $358 million from a loss of $51 million the same period in 2021. All right, so bringing into the Bed Bath & Beyond shenanigans, and obviously I was tweeting last night. I tweet one thing out. I didn't even really say anything negative. I just kind of laid out the facts, and I said thoughts to my Twitter followers. Thoughts, some people were on the same page. Other people hate my guts for even mentioning anything negative about, you know, which wasn't even that negative, anything negative. So I was like, okay, I got AMC on the list, GME on the no-talk list, and now I got to add Bed Bath & Beyond apparently because he talked these stocks. And the hate just flies at you. I mean, nothing to like AMC. Those apes are something else. But um, they never know, they're, sell. They're, the hate that they can throw is really <laughs> impressive. Um, you know, GME. Obviously, we know what? I've talked that in the past. We got a lot of hate too. I got some hate. It wasn't. It wasn't like an AMC, but I got some hate last night for sure. So contemplating adding it on the list. I mean, I don't know what to say. The stock. You know, you've got Ryan Cohen. He obviously discloses his huge option position. The stock takes off on that news. And, you know, now he's filing that he's, you know, able to sell starting on August the 16th, if you look at the filing. We don't know. It has not been disclosed that he has sold any shares yet. So that's what we don't know. So the facts are he can sell now because mm -hmm. he's got this disclosure out. There's this document. And on that document, we look, it says sales could start as early as August the 16th which would take us right back to, you know, the last two days of yeah. a lot of highs in there. So of does it show up in the next day or two that he sold some stock? It might, but we don't know anything for certain at this point in time. Obviously, the sell-off in Bed Bath & Beyond today is speculation that Ryan Cohen may potentially sell and ha maybe has already sold. We do not know the answer to that question. There has not been an official filing where he has sold stock yet. And of course, the form uh, 144 there is also due to the fact that if you own 10% or greater of the company, you have to file the form, giving you the right to sell within the next 90 days. Um, and so if he can go below that 10%, then he gets a little bit more of room into where he can sell. So something to keep in mind, will he sell the whole 10%? Will he just sell some to get underneath that 10% mark? something that we'll all keep watch. I think this is a big, big uh, area where you're just seeing confirmation bias, right? I mean, everyone's thinking that Ryan Cohen is being the best guy here, supporting the apes, trying to be the best to retail investors. But I think it's kind of the opposite. I think this is really his way of making his money. And I don't know what he's saying behind closed doors, but I really don't think he's in the the camp where he's supportive of kind of this cult environment. I think he just enjoys it that he has such a following behind him. But well, makes some money. Own, yeah, yeah, he's making he, some. He's, he's making some. You know, he's up some serious coin on. Well, I don't know overall because he started buying it so early, so we don't even know if he's really up. But when again at twenty five, thirty dollars yesterday, he's probably up in that. So, especially considering the call options, we don't know where he bought that. At least I don't know. I don't have that information no. in front of me. Maybe we can go look at filings and figure out where he's long from. Um, but, you know, it's too much work for me to care. Just know the facts. You know, it popped on. You know, people are saying, oh, it's just popping because it was short squeeze. It was nothing to do with Ryan Cohen. I mean, come on. The options, you know, the, the disclosure happened and the stock popped, you know, 90% that day. I mean, it's not a coincidence. It popped because of obviously those disclosures that he had a huge option position that we didn't know about and or maybe we did or maybe some people said they knew about it i don't know the market obviously didn't because it took off on that i mean it took off like right away on that if you go look at the charts so is, is this, this party over? over i thought it was over yeah, two days ago and then i had another so i don't know i'm is i'm gonna limit my done? comments on the stock for the simple reason is that everybody hates it if i say anything so it's um, so funny because i I, 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 I i i saw your tweet last night and i was just like i was gonna tweet i was gonna text you and i'm like damage is already done we'll we're here about, <laughs> we'll hear about can't give it, it it's too late the tweet is out uh, oh yeah, because remember on that other tweet, what was was it AMC or what stock was it that they really went and then they were like literally 
they they screenshotted me and then it was still like going viral and they still had it go. I don't even remember what stock what? that was. Was I that I, I don't think it was AMC. I don't even think it was GME. I don't even remember what stock that was now. It's funny. <laughs> I don't But they they were like screenshotted it and then they were going off and on about it. And then and what, what was the other one? Oh, I was Peloton. Just be careful out there. Yeah, Peloton. Remember Peloton? I said nobody's buying Peloton when it popped up on those rumors that Amazon was going to buy them. Right, the stock popped right, like forty dollars, right. and I was like, I would be selling my Peloton into this because I don't think there's anybody buying Peloton at forty dollars a share. It doesn't make any fundamental sense. Well, the stock's twelve bucks now, so I was right. You guys were wrong. So <laughs> one right. thing I will say, um, I'm going to put a new one on our radar just because I'm looking through Quiver Quant's data here. So shout out to them. Uh, Wall Street Bets mentioned there's a stock that I've never seen uh, mentioned here, which is RC Ready Capital Corporation. It's not making a huge run right now, but I'm going to put it on your radar because it has 323 mentions, a change of 634 percent from uh, seven days, which is RC. Is that just because it's RC Ventures and Ready Capital RC because of the Ryan Cohen ticker? Symbol? Maybe it's that. Honestly, but I don't see any move I'm just on putting this, it. I don't see no, move on this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is there's mentions. Oh, and so mentions. I put it mentions should just put it on our radar. It's not okay. moving hey, right if now. That's your, if that's your investment style, if that's what you, you know, if that's the, what, how you do things, then, you know, go ahead. Dude, and how pay you attention to it, stuff man. like that. It's yeah. just, you know, on days like that. I mean, if Ryan Cohn does sell all his stake yeah. over the last couple days, I mean, where's the stock going to go? I mean, I don't know why you would want to put, have any financial exposure to, to something is they, well, it, they don't believe he's gonna sell. They believe okay. this filing was just put on so he can sell, but he's not gonna sell. I want to hear they believe he's gonna, he he's gonna turn around the company. I want to hear about their online sales. I want to hear about them closing stores. I, I no, want to hear a, a viable plan. Well, for well the they did company. put something out last night here, Joel. Okay. Actually, interesting enough, you you mentioned that Bed Bath and Beyond released a statement last night at six thirty four. Okay. And we are actually, yeah, I think it was 634. You have that statement there, Money Mitch? Um, I have yeah, it in front of me if you don't have here. it. Yeah, you can pull You can go ahead. Bed Bath Beyond uh, is, where is it actually? Please to have reached an agreement with RC Ventures in March and are committed to maximizing value for all shareholders. Said they have been working expeditiously over the past several weeks with external financial advisors, lenders on strengthening their balance sheet. Sounds to me like that they're positioning to do an offering. Sounds to me like they weren't ready, which is absolutely ridiculous. Why that they weren't not ready? ready. <laughs> I mean, you need to be ready for this kind of stuff. AMC is the best at this, man. Oh, they're so great. Up, yes. They're ready to rock and roll. Like, all right, man. <laughs> this runs AMC. Kramer's right. They were giving them a lifeline. They're giving them a lifeline. The investors, you know, to have the stock pop up like this, offer some stock, sell some stock, strengthen that balance sheet, but don't miss the boat. They missed it, maybe. You know, like it could have been selling at 25, 27, 28. What about now you're looking at the stock yeah. at what, 19? I don't know. Maybe it's going to get a lift back up there again. But not, if, if Ryan Cohen does sell, that could be a different story, oh, too. Oh, so. Yeah. If he's out, uh, I mean, could, I mean, he. I, it, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to go all I, out. I don't know either, but it's. No, we, no, nobody knows what he's we'll doing. We'll have to see. That's what all we know about. is that he can sell now. Does yep, he go on media all at all? He he's got a. Does he go on CNBC? He's probably impossible to get on, right? Yeah, we we, we tried. Right, it is it, yeah. difficult. Um, let's go ahead. Let's get towards our earning stocks. I know that we need to get into them, but before we get uh, away from the show here, let's talk about Cisco Systems. They came Cisco. in after the bell. Here, let's take a look. EPS at eighty three cents, beating the eighty two cent estimate. Sales at thirteen point uh, thirteen. One uh thirteen point one oh billion beating the twelve point seven three billion estimate. And looks like Cisco got some raises today. Um, they did increase their guidance there on their EPS towards a high of eighty-four cents. Uh EPS was already at the eighty-four cent estimate there. Um, where you see the increase really is the estimate for the full year 23 adjusted at $3.49 on the low end, high side $3.56 versus the $3.35 expected. Uh, Credit Suisse maintained outperform on Cisco, raised price target to 65. Barclays maintained overweight on Cisco, raising price target to 56. 
Got a big old pop. Wow. This thing got to uh, 49.86 and uh, backed off to 48.50. So I'm seeing some intraday support here at 48.50. Use that premium. I mean, 50. There's got to be a few orders here. Um, here's the bar that you're going to be dealing with. And I believe this was from the last earnings report. Uh, you're filling the gap at 48.21. You're filling that nicely. And the high that day was 50.47. Uh, I'm not going to quite put this in the Walmart uh, target chart category, uh, but what I'll say is like these stocks that have been popping after the earnings, they kind of been still going. You know, Disney, of course, it's backed off a little bit with the gap and go. Uh, Walmart, same kind of thing. So, ooh, that ooh, that better hold 138. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fading it, but whew, that pre-market high would be a nice target. Well, it's pre-market high. 49.86 50 bucks i mean just round yeah, it. you can see all the wall of resistance up in may that's going to be a challenge maybe it gets up there today Ooh. i mean the stock this is not an expensive stock but it's a still a stock that in the last 22 years is still down 40 percent from the highs so again this is your lesson this is the best lesson into buying stocks with ridiculous pe's it was trading 85 times earnings back in the year 2000 and here we are 22 years later you're still looking to get your money back Ouch. All right. And, this, and the company has grown revenues exponentially. If you watch the revenue growth from that time, because what it did, it was it grew into its valuation. So now it's at a reasonable valuation. But again, just because it's reasonable doesn't mean it's cheap or doesn't mean, you know, this is still stock that's, you know, not firing on all cylinders by any means. I mean, they used to say powered the internet. You know, Fastly powers the internet apparently now. We're going Fastly went down that day. The internet sucked for everyone, but Fastly doesn't go anywhere either. That's an interesting stock too. You know, it's Fastly. Never participate in this rally at all. All these little growth Momo names nope. that have really gone up fastly has just hugging near the lows here. So either like catch-up trade or something else happening. I'll tell you which one they also didn't like was Kohl's earnings. The EPS coming in here at a miss a dollar and eleven, missing the dollar and fourteen cent <laughs> estimate. Sales at four point zero nine billion, beating the three point eight five billion estimate. They announced a five hundred million accelerated buyback agreement. They see full year EPS at $2.80 to $3.20 on the high side and expect sales to decline 5 to 6% year over year. Of course, they're cutting their guidance due to increased promotional activity and higher cost. I'll say this right, right off the bat. I've never shopped at Kohl's without a coupon. So, yeah, if you don't have a coupon and you're buying there, I don't know what you're doing. You're doing it wrong. Like my man Dennis would say, you're doing it yeah. wrong there. I have the small position where I've been burned in this thing. I actually thought about selling it the last few days and just eating the loss. Obviously, I was in and I thought it might get taken over. And that's a lesson no, for you in itself. No, yeah. Don't stay, trade these stocks and on the potential takeover. So I have a half size position still in Coles, getting beat up here again here. Bow, wow, wow, dog. <laughs> uh, this, I mean, it's just hit or miss with these retailers, right? I mean, and where do they shop? Where do they don't shop? Big on coupons there. Let's see what we got. If you if you thought that this was an opportunity here, you you missed the bottom at uh, what was that twenty six? Make it easy for me. Yeah, just over 36, right? So 10-point move, this $31 area. I'd say if if the big boys, you know, if this is a buy-the-dip opportunity, you're not going to sne sneak under 30 uh, like you did in the pre-market. The big boys are going to step up here between 30 and 31 and do, uh, do a turnaround. I can't short it in the hole. I've just been looking at support, looking at the 50% retracement off a nice move. The numbers, the fundamentals, well, you wouldn't be buying it. All right, let's go towards the one that I, I feel, you know, hindsight 2020, I should have jumped into it. The BJ here, Wholesale Club, EPS coming in here at $1.06, beating the 78 cent estimate. Sales at $5.10 billion, beating the $4.61 billion estimate. BJ's wholesales raised their full year 2022 EPS guidance from 
uh, estimate of $3.25 to now on the low end, $3.50, on the high end, $3.60. Total comparable club sales increased 19.8% year over year. And I feel that Walmart gave me some good insight in their earnings mm -hmm. report with dimensions of all-time high in their uh, wholesale SAMs. Uh, retailer, right? And so I think yeah. that that right there should have gave us a little bit of sign into BJ. I pointed to it when we went over the Walmart report. Did I expect it this good? No. So good, good numbers here for BJ. Good call, Mitch. I mean, it would have been a good trade, obviously, as well to be long. And this is, uh, this is, uh, is this an all-time high? It's about. I was just oh going to mention that. Not a lot of stocks making a new all-time yeah. high. The stock is like right there. All-time high territory. Yep. That's impressive. 7409. Yep. So 74.09. Uh, you've traded into 75 handles. So if you're, you know, if you're just super bullish here and this is a major breakout, then I wouldn't want to see this thing dip it into the 73 handle at all. Uh, I so if it holds up, 74 bid, take out the pre-market high, 74.80. Boom. Just keep on going. Also, be careful with this one. If you do get the pop off the open your run up make sure you make up that that pre-market high and if you come back down through the open be careful because that's where it could get to decline but uh trading up nicely decent volume too. 176,000 shares have traded all right i know people mentioned costco on the watch on there they, i have an unconfirmed date of september 22nd for their earnings so they're still ways away uh, let's go towards the last one here of the earnings that we wanted to get into, which was Canadian Solar, uh, CSIQ, Con Canadian Solar coming in here at EPS, $1.07, beating the $0.53 cent estimate, big beat there on EPS, sales at $2.31 billion, beating the $2.23 billion estimate, uh, Canadian Solar sees Q3 sales at two point. Zero billion to two point one billion. The estimate was one point nine five billion, and raised sales guidance for full year twenty twenty two from seven point zero billion to seven point five billion on the high end. The estimate was seven point two five. I took this one through the report. Uh, main simple reason is that I was comfortable taking it through the report because the other I, I, I bought it to take it through the report. I don't often do that, but for <laughs> solar. ENPH. We yep. know SEDG was one of the laggards, but you know, it, you know, and it sold off on its report. But I think it's because ENPH set the bar too high. But there was so many good solar reports, and I was like, they kind of have forgotten about it. So I kind of felt like, and it I pulled back yesterday ahead of the report. So I took it through the report, um, and I've already sold it. I sold it as soon as it popped up. I sold right here at forty-one sixty-five. I think. Good for you. So, um, so taking a shot, not a huge position. This isn't like. It's a little bit of speculative. Like when you're taking something through a report, obviously it's huge speculation. But I thought they'd beat, and they did. So I got rewarded for it. 41, you popped into the – you got great confluence here. Um, you got the pop up to uh, 42.45. You got your daily high here at 42.49. If you're looking for more, you're just going to catch a bid here. You're going to blow through that 4250 and just keep on going. Looks like you have some room on the monthlies too. Uh, next, well, next monthly high, 4314, if you're looking for another target. On the upside, and if they come to take this thing out, whoop it. Uh, top of yesterday's range is 3984, but if I was playing it from the short side, I'd, I'd be out there at 40. You know, just in case they, they nick it and try and uh, fill the gap. But as of right now, it looks like a good day for CSIQ. First solar, that's still ripping, right? Uh, that's uh, getting a, a lift off this, even though they had their earnings. We'll keep an eye on 121.91 if you're trading first solar. And uh, in order to improve on the high close of the move, uh, give me a better close than 118.22. All right. Now I do want to take a second here as we start wrapping on up to get you guys your last chance. The last chance that you guys have to join, of course, the serve. intro to swing trading event from pre-market prep. Don't miss it, guys. You guys, just a couple more hours until we get to the swing trading event hosted by none other than Spencer Israel. I know you guys miss Spencer. 
and it might just be value enough just to go see Spencer, right? <laughs> so go check that out. Of course, you got Joel Alconin, Dennis Dick, Rob Friesen. It's going to be a great one. We got a lot that we'll be talking about. Of course, we'll get into some easy to follow technicals with Joel. You'll talk about trading relationships with Triple D. Get into some seasonality and quantitative approach with none other than Rob Friesen. Some of the best out there in the business. I love the way that Rob approaches with seasonality and quantitative approach. You guys get the master right here, Dennis Dick, every day taking a look. You guys know he's a big arbitrage strategy guy, but also one of the major things that Dennis has even taught me more and more to pay attention to is relationships. So don't miss it. Be there, like my man Dennis Dick would say. And anything else you guys got to leave off? Yeah, I just want to add one thing. And uh, this one's been structured a little bit differently, uh, or, you know, for some of Dennis's uh, presentations. And uh, I feel that we get all different kinds of investors that, that listen to this show, the thousands of people that listen to this show on all the you know podcasts and all the different networks. And I think that, you know, it's, it could be overwhelming for some people, you know, it depends and you know, where you're at and your investment, you know, horizon and stuff. And so when you listen to the show, there would be like, you know, wow, this is way over my head. But I think the way Dennis has structured his, his first presentation, it's kind of like a preview for next week's show. It's kind of the way he's setting up, the way he prepares himself. Of course, there's also macroeconomic factors yeah. and, and things that go on. But uh, we just want to have you know people give a, a better understanding of the show and the message that we're trying to deliver. And if you guys, you know, you know, if we don't talk about meme stocks enough or we talk down on meme stocks, we're just we're just trying to relay the information that, you know, we've used uh, for years and, you know, always an evolving market. But that that's why I feel the structure is a little bit different for this one. Dennis, you want to add yeah. anything? Yeah, I've set up. So I'm, I've obviously done all three. I've prepared them. It's, it's you know, it's all, it's, wow, it's 90% new material. Obviously, some of the material overlaps with stuff you might hear on the show on that. But there's, you know, a lot of new material in there. I made it time relevant here because I've like obviously, you know, talking about, you know, catalysts. I'm talking about catalysts that are coming next week. Um, you know, I'm talking about, you know, obviously how I trade breaking news because this, is this whole, you know, world that, you know, thinks, you know, we can't trade breaking news. And I'm telling you, there's good alpha to extract from trading breaking news. Um, you know, I'm going to talk, obviously, you know, my sympathy trading. I'm going to talk, you know, different types of pairs trading just, you know, but I'm going to like, if, if you don't know what pairs trading is, we're going to go into the basics for like two, three minutes, give you like overview. Like I, I, I'm fairly quick at like teaching the basics, you know, it's like charts and stuff, you know, the basics are support, resistance and trends. But then Joel's going to jump into, you know, more details, like looking for little details, you know, in his own technical trading. He's going to be doing that segment with Spencer. Um, I'm, a, I'm doing three segments total. I've got a 35 minute segment on event driven trading, which is trading around catalysts and breaking news. And then I've got, um, you know, I'm going to be doing a segment on uh, relationship-based trading, but from a swing trading perspective. And I even added a whole thing on trading, you know, these high short interest names or meme stocks as well. So I added that just because recently and a lot of people are interested. So I added a whole, uh, about a seven or eight minute segment just on that. You know, this is, you know, people think I don't trade that stuff. I trade everything. It's not maybe my bread and butter, but I trade everything. I had some pretty good trades, trading some sympathy moves off of that Bed Bath & Beyond. And then we're going to jump, you know, at the end, you know, obviously into some Q&A as well. So, so it should be good. I mean, we're excited. You know, I think it's going to be a really good, I think it's going to be a really good experience. I think you're going to learn a lot. And, you know, if you want to sign up, you know, you can sign up right here. I can post the link in the chat as well, and we will tweet it again. Yeah, we're going to keep the registration open as late as possible, and you will get not one but two emails with uh, with the link. But uh, we got when's a lot. The, of when's the first? People are asking. When is the first? Because we haven't created. So the reason you haven't got a link yet is the the link. It hasn't been created. The actual like, like spot where the show where we're doing it. That's okay. going to be created right. It before. is already be, created. Uh, the first. When are we sending that out? The first the the first email will go out um, around eleven uh, twenty. Okay, so 40 minutes. So watch nope. your email. If you signed up, you will get an email 1120. That will have the link to where the show is going to be. Don't. And then, you know, and the reason, obviously, we don't, you know, we discourage, obviously, sharing of it and stuff. So we wait till the very last second um, um, of, the, of the link. But anyway, so that's where it's going to be is uh, you're going to get that in your email 1120. 
Also, right. don't be one of those people that go ahead and tries to sign up at 12 p.m. There will be a cutoff will. that will be getting yeah. hit. So what time don't are we be cutting one it of off? those people. Right now, it's set towards 11.30 a.m. You might be able to sneak in close yeah, towards that yep, time, yep. but you will sign get the cutoff. Sign up before 11.30 because yeah. last yeah, year there was multiple it. people that got cut off and they were really disappointed. So we do But it will be it available. Off. It will be available afterwards. So if yeah, you, and you know, for if you 24 to... hours, you yep. can get all of the webinars, right? It's not just this one intro to a swing trading event. Maybe you're you're not into the swing trading right now, but maybe you wanted to check out the other ones, the past webinars that have been out there. There's also a way for you to get all the content that they've already given you guys, whether it be from order execution, order People flow, tape that reading. People that was one that, that we literally made because of you guys out there giving us the feedback and telling us we need more on order flow how to uh, route our orders, where Gotta should we be looking, I'll let you different finish types Thanks, of Mitch. style. And of course, you also got the intro to professional trading. These are all great classes to get you guys started, especially you beginner traders out there. I think that you guys can get a vast amount of knowledge from this and get to your edge, which is always about getting to the system that works best for you. Learning strengths and weaknesses are what I think are important, whether that's learning from a strength like Dennis on relationships, that's going to get you to the next level. I mean, All right, last thing, last thing you got, Dennis, what else? I just want to say, like, you know, you, you go through these courses, sometimes, you know, they're thousands of dollars. I mean, I've honestly, like with the stuff that I put together, I've said before, like, and this is the reason we hadn't done a lot of educational events before, because I make I make a certain amount of money from my trading. So I'm like, I've always said, it's not really worth it for me to go and put this stuff together unless we're charging a substantial amount of money. So, you know, I'll be honest, like with, with this whole thing, with the hours that I put in putting this, I would make more trading than I would off this. But I like to help people. You know, I do the show. We do the show. We don't charge for the show. We do like to help people. Um, you know, and I've sat here for three days putting these presentations together and I was saying I'd have been a lot better just to trade those hours as opposed to wasting my, like, as opposed to like using my time to put these presentations together. But I like having, you know, I like the interaction, you know, we get a chat in there and I learn from people as well. So, you know, it's not like, you know, I don't make any money trading, so I've got to go sell my stuff. There's a reason that I didn't sell educational products for so long is because I make more money trading than I than I can from putting this stuff together. But I do, I'm at a point in my career where I like to share, I like to share my knowledge. I like to talk stocks, you know, sure. I, I, my wife, I drive her nuts if I'm talking to her. So I like to talk to you guys. So, I mean, you know, at 99 bucks, I'm like, uh, if I was first starting, think about, you know, what you pay. Uh, pay I mean, I'll just tell you right now, I'll just education. tell you right now, I'm, I'm working on my CMT, right? I just paid for my level two book. Just the book itself cost me $600. Yeah, a just a book, you know. Just you a book. Read. No one teaching me it. Just something that I have to go ahead and read. You guys are getting lessons given to you by someone that is actually killing it out there. So come and join, guys. I think you guys will definitely get something. Appreciate you like always, Dennis. Go yep. have a good day, and we'll see you a little bit later at 12 o'clock. Okay, have a thanks, Mitch. All right, I'm going to go ahead and wrap on up here. And I'm not kidding, guys. I definitely just paid over $1,000 uh, to keep my CMT going there. So it's not easy to continue pushing your education. And these are opportunities that you guys can up your skills. Up next, we're going to get into some live trading action. Of course, we've been killing it on live trading, whether it be Lord Ryan, Zunaid, or I. We've been doing really good on some of these trades. We're going to keep watch, of course, some of the meme stocks. We'll keep watching some of the bigger stocks. I have eye on what's going to go on into the market. Will we get oil to get another run? I'll be looking at technology. Do we get some pullback? Will solar kind of give up some of these gains? EMPH has been trying to get above that 300. I'm going to be watching that stock. So come on over, guys. Let's get over to live trading and continue the action going right here on Benzinga. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.